What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kev and Josh. Hound's got a nil-nil draw from the best team in the league, and they look like the better team for most of it. We're going to talk about that and more on this one. Let's go! Can you believe that, guys? No, I mean, that, that is no, one of the craziest don't. sequence of events we've seen in, a, in quite a period of time. In the top right corner, gentlemen. Up to the middle, back to Hey, Kev, how was your weekend? It was great, Mike. Uh, funny you should ask. I went fly fishing in the Great Smoky Mountains no, deep in the river. I hiked 15 miles to get there. I started at 4 a.m. and um, took my trusty cat, Toffer, with me. He walked all the way. And then, Uphill uh, both ways. We caught, yeah, yeah. And we, we caught some 14-pound bass i don't know yeah let's go with that <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here trying to dissect like out of everything you just said what is the most likely to actually be true and i think you hiking 15 miles is probably the closest thing <laughs> out of all of that to being true yeah i thought I, I thought you were gonna say not true i was like mm, that's the one yeah. no you would you yeah. wouldn't take your cat you no. weren't fishing you didn't nope, leave don't at like 4 fishing, don't like yeah <laughs> but that's what i did yeah okay okay right. yeah very interesting this week. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why the urge to uh, to lie to all of our adoring fans? I am offended that you would suggest <laughs> that I lied about that. Uh, guys, I, I got I got some sad news from this Uh-oh. weekend. Um, so first of all, I wasn't able to watch the Cincy game live. The reason why I wasn't able to watch the Cincy game live was because I was at my sister in law's wedding. It was requested that I take the unicorn mask with me to the wedding, which I did, and it was a huge hit. But at the end of the night, somebody took it on the party bus, and it is now poof, gone. So no. I no longer have the unicorn mask. Although, because, because, you know, that's such an expensive thing to go buy. You couldn't possibly go back and get it. I dropped one. 30 bones at Target, and they had like six more of them there. So, like, watch your tone, mister. <laughs> They now have five, probably. They now have five. <laughs> Josh, although I saw in the pictures, were there some other masks that made their way to the game this weekend? Yeah, yeah. There was a panda head. There was a dinosaur head. Uh, maybe a velociraptor. I wasn't quite sure. Uh, and yeah, so they, they made some appearances in the crowd and also in some photos of the cup and the, the old guard shield that we had on display. At the tailgate, we also had the Player of the Year award out on display. Congratulations to Nico Brett for mm-hmm. winning that. Uh, so, yeah, it was a good time. I, this was a hell of a game. I mean, as far as tailgate goes and crowd, the crowd was huge. Uh, probably the biggest crowd I've seen at Highmark this year. So I'm just hoping that that all keeps on rolling into the playoff game. I, I can't imagine it won't. I don't know why people would come to the last home game and not come to <laughs> the playoff game. So... And, yeah, I, it was a great time. Uh, you know, before we dive into the game, you mentioned sort of the crowd size. Just wanted to give a hot tip. Um, got some insider news. The, uh, the, the Paul Child stands, mm-hmm. they were removed today, making way for the brand-new stands to go in before the first playoff game. So there is going to be some more seating slash standing room for the Hounds' first playoff game on, uh, 
well, whenever, uh, yeah, the date, the hundredth hundredth game at Highmark Stadium will have a few more seats than uh, the first ninety nine. So that's that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's gonna be so weird going into there. It's gonna feel like a whole new like just because it's our section, so it's gonna feel completely different. Uh, being a home playoff game, you know, first one of that, and and having new stands, and yeah, I'm just hoping that we have a great crowd because I want to see that section feel full and not feel kind of like we're in an island of empty stands around us, uh, which I can understand because people don't like to sit near us, but. <laughs> Tell you what, man, the last few times on, on, at least on the feet, it's looking like you guys are growing by leaps oh, yeah. and bounds. So Definitely. yeah, it's, that's awesome. Um, before we get into individual takeaways, there was one that I really sort of clung to. Um, I think it was the, the rabbi posted that uh, Bob Lilly said post-match, feels like we let him off the hook all three times we played them. And I wanted to start right off the bat. Kevin, do you agree or disagree with that statement? Um, I can focus more on what happened in this game. Um, I mean, because he, he said each time we played him, so I would have to take into account every, you know, all the times we played them. But at least in this game, I would actually disagree with that. I think this was honestly just a case of two really good teams playing really well and just kind of canceling each other out. Um, I actually thought this was one of the better games I think I think this is one of the better games you could see in the USL, um, which is kind of nuts. I, I just think that the quality of each team was so high that you know there's a quote I forget who it's um, attributed to, but it's it was from like an old Italian manager, and he was saying the perfect game ends zero zero, and it, and it, this kind of felt like that. Now obviously there there were still some sloppy moments and and some mistakes and all that kind of stuff, but I don't think this was. Two teams who were, who were cagey and defensive and just came for a point. I think both wanted to win it. Both played really well. Both didn't have a ton of mistakes. And uh, and it was just a really good game. Josh, do you agree or disagree with the whole let them off the hook all three times we played them statement? Um, I mean, if I focus on this game, it was... I, I do feel like that was true. I feel like we were the better team that, that whole game pretty much. There, there were some chances that since he had that you know were scary for us but overall i felt like we were the more dominant team uh on shots and everything like that but as far as the the whole series goes this season uh between the the two of us i i feel like there's been opportunities where we could have won but i never felt like we were the better team the whole way through uh this was probably the first time the whole time i was like you know yeah this this is a winnable game uh, all of them have been winnable, but this one definitely felt like we should have had the better of it. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like I probably have said that with all uh, the games against them this season. I know for sure that zero, or was it, was it a 1-1 draw, or 2-2 draw the first time we played them in the season? 2-2. Two, two. And mm-hmm. then uh, we lost the second time uh, two at one. their house. Yeah, 2-1. So, mm-hmm. But that was a late goal that got them. And, and two late and, goals, yeah. Yeah, and it was Adi and, yeah. Screw that guy. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this is one of those games where, again, you know, I was at a wedding, so I knew the score going into it, and it was nil-nil. And, Kev, to your point, it was still entertaining. And, and it was funny to me because I was thinking back to, you know, one of the very first shows we ever did, I think, was a Hounds nil-nil draw. And, and I don't know if I made the comment, but it was just like, ugh. You know, nil-nil, like, what is there to talk about in this one? But, like, this is the complete opposite. Like you said, like, I felt like this was an entertaining game. Both both teams sort of had, um, 
they had their game plan. You could sort of see the game plans playing out. Um, you know, since he was really chippy, and and you could tell that one of their strategies early on was just you know aggravate Nico Brett as much as they possibly could, just get in his head, and it worked. The one time the ball fell right to his foot, and Nico was so busy complaining to the ref that he just wasn't prepared for it. And so it was little gamesmanship type things like that that uh, they did a good job with, um, you know. But for the most part, you know, what we had 18 shots to their four. We had uh, 13 shots inside the box to their four. Um, I'm trying to find the corner kicks because we had a ton more corner. We had seven to their three, and I think their first one didn't come until like the 80th minute. Yeah. So, like, the Hounds really put on a show here, and I feel like um, I I don't want to say that they weren't fortunate to get a goal because I feel like since he's the kind of team where you're going to have to earn it. I mean, they do have some big defensive players. Lasso just like takes up. He's like, he's like Joe Greenspan plus like 40 pounds. He's just a big dude. Um, So yeah, you know, kudos to them for coming in, but it still felt to me like the hounds were the better team. They didn't back down at all. It didn't feel like since he came in and backed off at all, um, you know, it did feel like towards the end they were wasting time between their keeper. And at one point, I think there was a throw in and somebody from their bench intentionally rolled a ball onto field, onto the field to stop play. Um, so there was all sorts of stuff like that going on. Um, but, uh, yeah. Going back to the stats real quick. I mean, it's just to kind of check you up on one of those. I mean, yeah, we had 18 shots, but only four went on target. And so since he had three on target. So, you know what that's four twelve i can't do math um 14 14 of those shots like there's zero there's a zero percent chance of it going in so i'm less interested about that but uh, yeah no i i think a, a couple more points to add to that i think credit to the coaching staff um you know in a season where we mostly go three at the back uh we played four uh a four back defensive line um I thought that was bold in this game, uh, and it, I think I think it worked. I think putting the extra man in midfield, um, I think forced Cincy to go a bit more direct at a lot of, a lot of the time, and I think that kind of shows in their passing accuracy stats as well. I think you know Cincy only has sixty two percent passing accuracy in this game, um, so that's you know four out of every ten of their passes are incomplete, and I think that's, you know, that happens when you're forced to maybe play 20, 30-yard passes rather than five, 10-yard passes, which which I think we kind of forced them to do. Um, so I, th- I thought that was a really kind of positive note. And then kind of following up on the back of that, I, th- I think, you know, Greenspan and, and the rest of the defensive line have been a bit suspect in, in previous weeks, and I thought both him and Hugh and Dover and Vakiazio all had a really strong game. Um, I, which was absolutely crucial for us going to the playoffs. Um, and it also shows if we need to, we can go for at the back. We don't need to necessarily just to, you know, rely on numbers, um, blocking shots and defending in that way. So, I mean, they're good defenders. We've, we've known that. You know, they, they, I think they've probably been a little out of form in, in recent weeks, but um, they pop up, popped uh, back up for this game, and I thought they played really well. Yeah. I want to give a quick shout-out. Hey, Romeo Parks. Welcome to the 2018 season, my friend. Like, ouch! I'm That's just saying, kind of a like, backhanded compliment here. <laughs> th- but no, look, here's the thing. I don't, I don't think any of us will really debate that he is not, he is not played up to his potential for the majority of the season. But this was really sort of, 
the first game that I saw him put it together start to finish. Like, start to finish. He was making runs around players. He was hustling back and defending, which, like, that's always been one of the big complaints is that if you're going to put him on a side, you need to have somebody who's going to play defense behind him. Um, and it felt like he got a job done. Now, Josh, you're, you're like shaking your head. Like you don't agree with that. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just definitely know on the night of watching the game, feeling frustrated at Nico and at parks. Uh, a lot of the times it, uh, whereas I, I do think Francois had one of his best games ever. I, yeah. you know, as far as hustle goes, that guy was everywhere, and he was making runs and making opportunities left and right, and I just was – yeah, it was it was a really good game for him. Uh, fun one to watch, too. I actually just got done watching it again before coming on the podcast tonight. I wanted to watch the game uh, from the cover of my house where I could actually see the whole, you know, the whole thing instead <laughs> of just being from the Steel Army section. Uh, so – Watching it again, it was just amazing at what uh, Francois was was doing. I thought, uh, but as far as Nico go or not Nico uh, Parks goes, I, there was a couple times where it just wasn't pulling the trigger. I feel like that was the biggest issue with Nico and with Parks this game is they just would not pull the trigger on shots. They would get them to their feet or like they would just find a try to pass it off instead of taking the shot, and it just was so frustrating. And the couple ones that they did get off, you know, obviously didn't go in or went into traffic and got. They weren't shots on goal technically because they weren't blocked, but they were shots that kind of just got caught up in the feet or just hit another player, um, which were some of them were good shots. Um, it, it's frustrating to see the number of shots on goal so low because I do think it would have been more um, if it wasn't for that. So, yeah, I, I don't think he had the best game. Um, but then again, obviously you have the exact opposite opinion of this one. Well, no, it's not that I have the opposite. Like, I, I think that. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think Francois was the most dangerous player on the field for both teams. Like his, his ability to sort of pick up and change pace. And you could tell that since he was just having problems with them all night. And I don't want to say that he's becoming a little too predictable, but he always goes up the wing. He always wants to cut back inside of that right foot and then rip a shot. And, uh, and it's worked in the past, but I think after a while people start to expect that, but by far, I think his work rate was, you know, from start to finish was the best on the field. I just think that compared to, you know, there were times this season where we, where we were like, why, why is Parks even on the field? And I think there were a few times in this game at least that you saw the athleticism start to pay off against a good defense like Cincy. It was just we just couldn't put anything in. So I'm not saying that it's like he's not all USL player of the week in my category like I think Francois could be but um he's starting to show more consistent signs of life that I think if he keeps building upon that could pay dividends for the hounds I mean if we have both him and Nico and Francois all firing in all cylinders heading into the playoffs that could be huge for us um so yeah I that that's that's more or less where I was coming from um I thought I thought Forbes had an incredible game too. I don't know if you guys talked about him, but I stepped away for a second. Um, but I, I there was there was a couple I think chances he created in particular where he he's just out of nothing. He you know he goes past one or two players, wins the ball back, you know feeds it in for for Brett to have a shot and it gets blocked or something. I thought I, Forbes is making a serious push. I mean I know you know Brett gets like the player of the uh, player of the season and all that kind of stuff and and it's justified you know he, he scored a lot of goals but I think um where maybe Brett has done his best work 
earlier in the season. I think Forbes is doing his best work now later in the season. And so I think he's been pivotal. I think he was pivotal, pivotal for this game, and, and he's going to be huge for us going forward as well. Are we playing our best soccer of the season right now? I think it's arguable. I mean, I, I feel like there, there's been some flashes earlier in the season where I would watch a game and be like, that's the best I've seen out of the Hounds. And this game, I, I feel like this game brings out the best in us, and it has in the last uh, couple of competitions we had with him, not counting the Open Cup, uh, where it felt like this was us rising to the occasion and really wanting to prove something and playing with meaning. Whereas there's been some other games here and there where we haven't had that that hustle. So I would say this is one of the better games I've watched this season, for sure. Yeah. Kev, what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I think this is one of the better games we've played. Um, but no, I think, I think recent games included in our form, no. I, I think we haven't been playing that well recently, and this was just kind of a, a pick-me-up. Um, no, I mean, I think there are games early in the season when we go in that run where we win, you know, multiple in a row and we put, what, like four past a couple teams and, and are keeping clean sheets every week. I think that was probably our best. Um, but, you know, if we if we put in this same performance in the last two games of the season, I think, you know, that could put us in kind of arguably our best form going into the playoffs. Yeah, this was definitely an entertaining game, especially for the USL. Um and yeah, it was good stuff. You know, I I just had a note here. Um, are you waving at me? What are you doing? No, there's a there's a fly that keeps flying. <laughs> um, you know, I just made a note here. You know, I don't want to get down on Cincy fans, but you know, if if you want to know why nobody likes you, it it really has nothing to do with how good your team is. I think everyone sort of acknowledges how good your team is. It has everything to do with the whining that goes on with the team, the cheap shots, the, the shoddy game, gamesmanship, the sense of entitlement. I mean, look, Ledesma, he's a great player, but the number of times that he's talking to the ref, or there was there was a free kick that he took. He might have been 25 yards out, and he went to curl the ball into the box, and he, he mishit it. It basically went over everybody and out of bounds, and he stood there for a few minutes with his hands to his side like, why did nobody get on that? And it's like, because you didn't put it where they could get on it. And it's just like, it's that sort of stuff that people look at and they're just like, Ugh, come on. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I knew you were going to come to the defense. Go ahead, it's not that I'm, I think. Go ahead, swoop in. <laughs> no, it's so look, there are the dark arts of, of the game that I think. I think I, I'd just be curious if our team was doing it more and benefiting from it. I'd be curious to see what our opinions were then. Because I honestly, I think they don't go 22 games unbeaten if they're perfect goody two shoes. And I mean, I'm, I'm saying that these actions win them points in the, at the end of the day. Sure, it makes everyone else hate them, but I don't think since these fans care if, if more of the league hates them. And I no, think they care. The and, fans and absolutely care that it, it ends up winning them more points in, in the end. So I, honestly, I mean, it's I, I think it comes down to personal preference. Um, some people don't want to see their team do this. Some people want to see their team, you know, yipping at the refs and, and trying to get more calls and, and trying to, you know, doing those things where as soon as you feel a hand on your back, you go down or something like that. I mean, it's 
because sometimes that leads to a free kick 25 yards out and you get a goal. I mean, it, it's it, it's context. Everyone has their own kind of opinion on it. But I'm just saying I, I don't think a full swoop of this is terrible, everyone hates it kind of thing is is entirely true. Mm, it kind of is. It's kind of like, look, <laughs> yeah. look, here's the deal. Like, um, it's like, you know, back when Mourinho coached Real Madrid. Like, if you're a fan of Real Madrid and they're winning games, you love it. But otherwise, all the other crap that goes on typically with a Mourinho type team, if you're if you're if you're playing against him, you hate it. Like you loathe it. And that's I think that's the situation here. Since he and, is and the think, Mourinho but I, but I team the of the USL. Fan, we, we say, what's the problem with that? I'm not Who saying cares? there is a problem with it. All I'm yeah. saying is that Cincy fans like to get all in a huff about like you don't like us because we're going to MLS. No, there's a lot of reasons why we don't like you. But it's just like yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, sure. yeah. So that's that's all there is to that. Guys, I guess anything else about this game that we want to talk about? I mean, the Hounds get a point. It's better than not getting any, especially against, you know, the I actually, team. I actually think this this was a really important point because what it keeps us is it it's still it's two points behind Louisville, right? Um, yeah, so we're still within a one-game reach of Louisville, and we're secured in third place now because yep. of other results, the way they uh, panned out. So we cannot get any lower than third. So we are in our spot or going up to second. Th- those are our two options now, which is great. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's huge. And, and so to, to be able to potentially still leapfrog Louisville um, is, is big. I mean, because, yeah, even – if if we don't, if we're still three points behind, if we end up drawing with them, they have us on goal difference. Um, so we we need to be them on points, and so you know, getting the point is is hopefully going to prove pivotal. One last question, guys, before we move off this this game, are either of you going to be upset if this was the last time that we ever play Cincy? <laughs> no, I'm not upset at all. I'm so tired <laughs> of them. I'm so tired of the crap. I just I'm just ready to wave them goodbye. Be like, okay, bye, have fun. And I'm just going to eat popcorn and see them flounder for the first couple of years like most, uh, pretty much every team does when they join MLS, uh, Atlanta uh, excluded. But they're having a crappy season this year, so that's great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I'm just excited to see that happen and see how the fans take it because they haven't really had to deal with that yet. So I'm, I'm interested to see how they take losing and not being the top dog in the league. Kev, are you going to be upset if we don't play them again? Um, I, th- I think a lot of it depends on how we progress as a club over the next couple seasons. I think, I think we've seen examples maybe in, in sports and leagues all around the world where, you know, I'm, I'm a Riverhounds fan, so I think optimistically and positively about all this stuff. I can envision the next couple of years, if, if Lily stays, we keep getting the players in, we expand the stadium, we're getting more you know buzz around Pittsburgh and all that kind of stuff. I, I can envision a scenario where we become the top team in the East fairly comfortably. And I think, you know, every, you know kind of every hero needs its villain kind of thing. I think it gets a little, you know, the story of, of how a, a season plays out gets a little stale if if you don't have someone to kind of test yourself against. I think we kind of saw that with, like, Manchester City in England last year. Everyone kind of was like, okay, yeah, we get it. They're good kind of thing. And I think what actually benefits them from, like, a, a from like a neutral fan perspective is if they had another team to push them and, like, it went down, the, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So I, 
I think Cincy would have always pushed us, and I think it's always someone we can hate, and it's always something we can kind of enjoy this kind of, you know, sportsmanship kind of rivalry with. Um, so, you know, we, we, you guys were talking off air before we started. You know, we're kind of struggling now to find a rival um, now that now that Penn State, which we'll talk about, I guess, in a bit. And, and guys, Cincy. keep leapfrogging my notes. It's fine. Now that Cincy are leaving, so you know, I, I just yeah, I. I I, I maybe Louisville will be that, um, but but we'll see. Um, but they're you know they're a good team, and I think this was a good game. I enjoyed watching this game. I just want to I want to make sure that in in the club's future we can keep having scenarios where we're watching good games of uh, of soccer. Yeah, and I as far as seeing them in USL again, I would be completely fine not having to face them in the playoffs. It would be great to face them and beat them. Yes, but I don't. I like that's not. In my head, that's not like some like storyline that I want to see play out really badly. It's not like that's what I need. I would be fine if we don't face them again in the USL. But with that said, there's always Open Cup. There's other things that could happen. Like if we were to knock them out of the Open Cup, that would be great. That would be a fun story for me. <laughs> like I would be okay with that. I don't need to face them again in USL. It sucks that we never beat them, but especially with this game coming to a draw 0-0, it didn't feel like it's not like they left thinking like we're definitely the better team. Like at least to me, it didn't feel like that. I look, you just said you don't need that. I kind of need that. Like I keep thinking about <laughs> you, you have know, more hatred for them than I think those, anyone else. <laughs> those that laughed last laugh the hardest. Like that's that's sort of what I'm thinking. So if we see, I would love to see them in the playoffs and be the ones to knock them out where this is their season. They basically bought the USL and we swoop in after not beating them at all during the regular season and we take them down at Nippert. Like that would just be that I mean since you fans could never say anything to us ever again cuz we could just be like point Point, there it is, right there. Nope, did you win that year? No, you didn't. That's right, because we knocked you out. That's right. <laughs> Check it. Um, and Kev, to your point, I do think that I'm looking forward to, you know, there's going to be a lot of new teams coming into to USL Championship. Um, there's going to be teams that are going out, which we're talking about. Louisville's getting a new stadium. I don't know if that's next year or the year after Year that. after. Yeah, but, like, Louisville is going to be around. And so I, I could see, you know, again, a lot – We've had one good season because we had Lily for one season. Like, but if he sticks around, I could definitely start to see you know us in Louisville, um, you know, potentially sort of take a take a spot up atop the East um, for years to come, which would be fantastic. So, um, but yeah, I, I I would like to see Cincy in the playoffs, but that's just me. Um, one other little bit about Cincy, and I don't want to get into this too much because again, we talked about it off air, but I just had it in the notes. Uh, there was some news that broke that since he was trying to get Fabian Johnson um, and MLS sort of squashed it. So if you want more on sort of at least my take on that, head over to uslnews.com. I did sort of an op-ed over there, and it's been getting a lot of play on Twitter and, I guess, Reddit and things like that. But just had some fun with it. Um, would love to hear your thoughts, see if you agree. Kevin, you're laughing at me. You, you did Thanks. a good job. Mike. No, no, I didn't. Like, anyway. No, I guess I got some. Okay, uh, here we go. So, uh, <laughs> Pen15, we just said, is uh, the news broke today. Pen15 is taking 2019 off. Then they're coming back in 2020 in League One. So, this is another team that, you know, another old guard team that uh, is is 
first of all, taking a season off. You know, Rochester did it, and then they're going to come back in League One. So we're the 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 league of old guard teams is starting to dwindle. Who's is it? Us and Charles. That's it. Us and Charleston Battery, the, the only ones left in championship. We have three teams down in um, League One. It's now Penn, Richmond, and Rochester. In Rochester, so all three are down there. Two left up here. Um, yeah, it, it sucks. I mean, it, I understand why they're doing it, and it probably is to the best thing for that team to stay afloat and just going off of you know seeing their atten- not just their attendance, but just like the. I don't know their performance on the field and their attendance and their they're having issues financially from what I understand it's just, it's just it's all bad so to stay afloat they need to go down okay I understand that but for us it really blows because you know that was like the one team we had close to us that has always been there uh, well been there for the longest time for us uh, and our rival and we have the derby and all that kind of stuff the cup uh, so yeah it 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 kind of hurts, you know? It's like, man, we're like, what? who's left? We have a bunch of MLS 2 teams around us. That's no fun. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, it brings up the question of it felt like, well, at least to me, I don't know if it's because I was stoking the flames of it, but if it wasn't going to be Penn, we were developing a bit of a rivalry with Cincy. Um, Cincy's moving up to MLS. Penn's going away. Like, who is our next closest there's Bethlehem but you know I don't know if you want to sort of set up a rivalry with an MLS 2 team I don't know how you feel about that and then, I feel terrible about it personally I mean Louisville I don't know who's I, I'm terrible Louisville would be like the closest to or the closest non two team essentially well actually Cincy not Cincy I'm sorry uh Indy 11 is is technically closer um but it's I don't know like I this is the other thing about it. You can't force it. Like it right. can't just be a team that is, well, who's the closest? All right, that's our new rival. Actually, you have to have something in there that kind of fuels the flames for that. And one of the things can be just going on away trips to go see them and like kind of jeering their fans and them jeering you back. That can help. But I I do feel like it has to be something on the on the the field as well. So unless, for example, this season with the the playoffs, if we were to knock. Uh, Louis out of the playoffs that would that would begin to start something or if you know one of us knocked the other one out of the U.S. Open Cup that kind of stuff that can start that that those flames or keep one out of the playoffs or whatever so it it, it just it needs to be something like that if, if I go on a rant and say that they're never going to beat us ever and uh they're all their players are terrible I won't, that won't do it <laughs> I mean that that could help, <laughs> but I'm just saying that we can't force it. Gotta let this thing go naturally. We can be without a rival for a couple of years until something, you know, perks we, us. We don't need to date anybody. We could take yeah. some time to just find ourselves. We don't need a no. rebound rivalry. No. It's fine. It's just you should just just play the field. Right? I was gonna say that uh, you know Louisville, their rival is Cincy. So is Cincy leaving? Louisville may be looking for another rival, but Indy is like an hour outside of Louisville or something like that. I feel like they're, they're relatively close, but again, I don't know geography. I don't know why they're not rivals already. Like if they're yeah. like an hour away from each other, that's like heaven. I mean, I can't imagine being able to go an hour and see another team in the USL. Yeah. That seems so crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. So it's sad. The pen's gone. Um, you know, I, for, for all of the rebrand and the stupid logo and the fact that, they should still be the city Islanders and, you know, changing clearly didn't help. Um, 
Uh, yeah. The Steel Army Twitter account, if you follow it, they've been doing a great job of doing some some remembrance of uh, <laughs> the history of the team. And uh, if you've never seen their mascot, their original mascot, the Tiki Mon, uh, ooh, it is... <laughs> It's bad. <laughs> Go check it out. Uh, they we found out that their uh, their Facebook page for Tiki Mon is still active. So <laughs> just like <gasps> yes, <laughs> that's a mistake. Yeah, um, the last couple games too could be big and and help defining a rivalry for next season. So let's just say Charleston lose their next game, and you know us and or Louisville win our next two. It kind of creates this super clear, oh, there's a top three, and then Charleston made it into the fourth spot. And so if you look back in the 2018 league table, since he moves on, and then you're left with a clear top two of Louisville and Pittsburgh. So I think, you know, barring any kind of big changes over the course of the offseason, going into next season, everyone's going to be saying, okay, it's Louisville and Pittsburgh at the top. For East, and and that's what you would expect it to be playing out. So you can kind of, before the season even kicks off, um, you know, I think that kind of starts to build, and and having the kind of points tally to back that up at the end of, t- of the 2018 season only helps. Yeah. Fair enough. But gents, we're doing a lot of talking about the end of the season. We still have two games left in this season, and both of them are before our next show. So this is our last like regular season show. By the time we get back together and talk again, we're going to know where the Hounds are, who their first playoff opponent's going to be, and all of that. So, Josh, you mentioned we're currently in third place. So even if we lose the next two games, we'll still be in third place. So that's good. Um, If the standings were to finish up the way they are right now, the Hounds would get Bethlehem Steel in the first round, which feel pretty good about that. Um Josh, you you sort of for a brief second shook your head. Do you agree with that? Or oh, not? I feel good about that, but okay. that's not how it's going to end. I I don't see Beth's uh, steel staying in sixth place. Looking at the games they have left, and looking at the games the other guys have left, I got a feeling they're going to go down farther. I don't think they're going to leave the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be in sixth. They might just barely hold on. I was gonna say of the of the remaining four, like five through eight, I think Beth is the most attractive one to me. I yeah. think Indy, we've seen that we've had some problems with. Although I, I don't know if I necessarily see Indy dropping from five. I think Indy and Charleston is going to be a first round match, but Nashville worry me just a little bit because they basically play the same style of game that we do. New York, we'll see what happens when we play them uh, this weekend, but they're always sort of surprising. And I don't see really Ottawa jumping from ninth to sixth. Um, although I guess it could happen. Right now they're only two points out of sixth place. So anything could really happen here down the stretch. Um, but so here's the thing. In order for us to get into second place, we talked about how there's potential for us to leapfrog Louie. All of it really depends on what Louie does. So mm-hmm. we need to go out and just take care of business and win our next two games. If So Louisville have North Carolina midweek and they have Indy on the weekend. Now, neither one of those teams are officially out of the playoffs, and neither have locked down a playoff spot yet. So they're both going to push Louisville. So that's something we have going for us. If we both win our games, or if we win both of our games, and Louisville loses one of their games, we take second. If we win both of our games, and Louisville gets a win and a draw, then we stay in third. So really all it comes down to is Louisville has to lose one of their games, and we have to win both of ours for us to jump up in the second. 
Um, so ultimately, we just need to take care of business. And that all starts with Atlanta on Wednesday. So Atlanta has been officially eliminated from the playoffs, but they beat Charlotte, uh, you know, currently in fourth. No, that's not Charlotte. Is it Charleston? Charleston. I Charleston. always get yeah. the two confused. They yeah, beat Charleston 2-1 to one on the weekend. So, you know, Charleston fourth place, they're not going to roll over and just play dead. They're going to come out and play. And I think that's one of the things with these two teams as well is, you know, when you have teams like Penn where there's no uh, MLS affiliation or, like, first team, it's much easier to be like, all right, the season's over. You still have guys that want to, like, play for next year. Um, when you're playing for a, a MLS B team, like you're not just playing for next year. You're trying, you're still trying to show off that you can get a spot on the first team. So they're not just going to give up. Um, last time we played them was all the way back in April where the Hounds took home a one, nothing win at home off an Nico Brett goal. Three of the last four goals for Atlanta have been scored by Romario Williams, who was a pain in the Hounds side last season when he played for the battery. So again, like, this is not – yes, they've been eliminated, but they've got guys that can play and they can do some damage. So, I guess, guys, how do you approach this game? You know, we just came off a big game from Cincy. We now have this game on Wednesday, and then we have the Red Bulls this weekend. So, do you start all your starters? I mean, we got to add some rotation, right? Uh, Kev, how do, you, how do you approach this game if you're Lily? I think we attack. I think we play, we play forward the back. Um Look, Atlanta haven't scored more than two goals in a single game since May. Um, And most of those games are scoring no goals or scoring one goal. There's a handful of where they scored scored two. So they're not a high-scoring team. Um, And, you know, Louisville put four past them semi-recently. North Carolina put six past them semi-recently. So I I think this is – they're vulnerable at the back. They're – You'd be surprised if they scored more than a goal against us, and so I think the answer is is to attack. I think it's to play, you know, four at the back, and and go for it. Um, and as far as rotation, it gets kind of hard because, yeah, I mean, at least for me, Lily went pretty full throttle against Cincy. I mean, he starts Forbes, Francois, Brett, and Parks. Um, that's a it's a pretty big, that's a pretty strong kind of attacking lineup. So it's kind of hard to see. Who comes out? I mean, maybe Kay gets a start. Um, I thought Holland has shown moments of of, of good play when he comes on as a, as a sub in, in the past couple games. Um, so I think I think you definitely need to rotate maybe two or three. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be a lot, and, and maybe maybe one one player in rotation out of out of the front three. I could see maybe a Ben Fitzpatrick. Yeah, maybe a Noah Frankie just to mix it up a little bit up top. Josh, if you're if you're looking at both of these games, which one? I mean, I know we were saying you have to win both of them, but which one in your mind is more important? Do you go for the W on Wednesday? Do you go all in for the W on Wednesday, or are you looking more at Saturday? I mean, I know that's not the way Lily thinks, but at the same time, I I feel like even if he doesn't say he thinks that way, he has to be thinking it a little bit <laughs> in the back. So, I would say. Atlanta is the is the game that you know is going to be more winnable as far as what they're playing for and they're not a great team this year they're just not uh so if you were to start your starters for Atlanta they would more likely get a win and then that's out of the way but at the same time I don't think 
as far as Lou is concerned, I don't think second between second and third is going to make that big of a difference. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I don't know. He he did come out and say that you know that's what they're focused on now is getting in second place, but in the end, I it's 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 kind of crappy because it's not in our hands. It's not like winning out means we get second place. So you're 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 kind of just at the whim of what Louis does. So if that's the case, use these two games as ways to kind of get that depth practice and get them more cohesion going as far as that goes to make sure that they're game ready because we have a week off after this after these two games we have a week off and then it's the playoffs so this is your last time to tinker with it and to figure out what's going on uh atlanta is going to be the easier team to beat so we might see a lot more uh, of our b-side going up against them and seeing what they can do and then if we need to we can sub in uh the more veteran players and then get that win and then uh, or do we want to talk about new york yet or are we waiting for new york i don't want to jump your, your... no i just i, <laughs> I want to just i just want to take a moment and savor something you said about 30 seconds ago you said we have these two games and then we get a week off before the playoffs like we've never been able to say that on this show before and yet here we are so it's nice no i think i think um at least just from a psychological standpoint, I know we need wins in both. In my mind, I think you absolutely go for the win in Atlanta to keep the pressure on Louisville. Because now Louisville, I mean, we, we go into that last game against New York, we have nothing to lose. Like, Louisville's thinking in the back of their mind, like, we have to get a draw, or we have to get, yeah, they have to get a draw or a win to stay in second. So all the pressure's mm-hmm. on them at that point. Now, they could lose on Wednesday, and then, you know, the pressure's on us. But you at least give yourself that opportunity by saying we got the win on Wednesday. Um, so I, I definitely think you go for it on Wednesday. But again, I, I agree with the standpoint that you could do that with some rotation with some of these guys for sure. And keep in mind that we play last. We will know what's going on in the whole like our game is the last game of the season um, against the Red Bulls. So we will know exactly what's happening with everyone else, how it all shakes out. Uh, on the 14th, because that game, uh, the, uh, what do you call it, the Louis game is on the 13th, mm-hmm. so we play the day after. So, yeah, we'll know exactly what we can and can't do. So maybe we do something different. If, if, if Louis does win out and we can't get in, then maybe we play a little bit more against uh, New York and try something different and, you know, let Louis play <laughs> with his lineup. But if we know that we have an opportunity to get second, I think we go for second. Yeah. And as you mentioned, you know, obviously we got the Red Bulls. The game is going to be on Sunday at 5 p.m. So, yeah, the last game of the USL season comes down to Hounds and Red Bulls, which is kind of crazy. Red Bulls currently in eighth place. Now, they play Pen 15 on Tuesday, and then they get us on Sunday. So they're going to need every point they can get being in eighth. Um Penn obviously being eliminated from the playoffs, just announcing that they're not going to be a team next year. It'll be interesting to see how they come out and play that game on Tuesday against the Red Bulls. Um, Because, I mean, you basically have guys that are auditioning for other teams at that point because they know their team's not going to be around. So, I mean, you feel bad for the guys, and it's rough, but I I wonder how much of a fight they're actually going to put up against Red Bull. It could be the opposite, though. I mean, they could really be thinking, uh, you know, this is the last hurrah of this team in uh, championship, and if you want to call it that, in USL. <laughs> That's what it's called, Josh. Jeez. Screw it. I'm calling it USL Pro from now on. 
<laughs> and USL Pro. And uh, so maybe they'll play with a little bit more energy because it is kind of like the last raw. You, you don't know. But at the same time, kind of going back to the whole thing about who we're going to play against if we are in third, Penn is an easy side. And if, if New York were to beat Penn and beat uh, North Carolina, they're going to go above uh, Bethlehem and Steel. Nashville also have a pretty easy run here for two of the three games. They play Richmond, who haven't won in a while, uh, and Toronto. Uh, those are easy games. So th- those that's a lot of easy points for these two teams that are right below Bethlehem Steel. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Beth Steel actually go maybe even down to eighth. They might be the ones just barely eking in the playoffs. Do you think that there's a chance that we see the Red Bulls in the first round of the playoffs? Maybe. Uh, so if we were to get, yeah, it's possible, which I don't like that. I don't want them as a, we, they knocked us out of the playoffs uh, last time we were in it. So that's not cool. I really wanted them to be who play uh, Cincinnati just because they've also done it to Cincinnati. So <laughs> I kind of wanted that chip on their shoulder and the, that fear to be in Cincy. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, the other thing we need to keep in mind is that this is the Hounds' third game in seven days. So, yes, we will get a break before the playoffs, but we got a lot of games we've been playing here in the past few weeks. Yeah. So, um, by this point, you know, we'll know whether we have a shot at second or we're cemented at third. Kev, do you approach this game differently if you know that there's no way we're taking second? Or do you go out and try to get the win regardless and leave it all on the I mean, field? it's a really interesting question because, yeah – the last thing you want is an injury to one of your, you know, key players going to the playoffs. But I don't know. I, I would tend to lean on the side of you want to go in the playoffs with momentum. You want to be playing good. You don't want to have to turn it on when you're not playing well and when you're not clicking. So, no, I, I think in in pretty much all cases, it's my personal um, opinion that you should always – Go out to play the best you can and and try to get the momentum by you know winning points and all that kind of stuff. I, I think the only exception is when you have had a lot of games. So I mean, from a sports science perspective, if there are players that just need a break, fine. You know, don't push them. There's no reason to. But I, I think if if you have all your starters from a medical standpoint ready to go, and you're thinking eh, I can just give them a little bit more of a rest, I don't think it makes sense. I think you need you need to kind of get them to keep playing well and you know winning is a habit and all that kind of stuff so and, and look I think it's possible I, taking away so so the Red Bulls played Ottawa on what January February March April May June July August September August August 31st um I still have to count on my fingers to know what the eighth month is um barring that the last time they've kept a clean sheet was back in May I mean, so they, they let in goals um, against everyone they play. And so, once again, that's encouraging for us. And so, you know, I, I, I think both of these teams line up well for us. I mean, I know there's some hesitancy in our past with New York, um, but I think, I think this season, especially now, they're there for the taking, and uh, they're going to need to push against us to try to get points, and I think it's going to leave them even more exposed than they already are normally. Um, so, no, I'm, I'm quite confident going into this game. One thing that just crossed my mind that could make this game interesting is uh, there are reports that uh, 
Mr. Kevin Kerr is working his way back to health. This could be a good game yeah. to get some minutes could before be the playoffs. Game, yeah. um, assuming that he's you know back to 100%. Now, I don't know how close he is, but everybody's saying that he's pretty darn close. Um, it would be fantastic to get some minutes in a game that, you know, in reality is going to be somewhat inconsequential. Um, you know, we're going to have to we're going to have to go into it with the mentality that we need to win, but getting him on the field and, and getting him some time would be fantastic. So, I don't know, I don't think it's inconsequential either. I still think I mean like if th- there could be a clear pathway to second by the time we kick off in this game and I think that could be huge. Yeah, if if we can get a second, we want a second just for the second home playoff game. Uh, the possibility. Uh, so I do think you go for second if you can get it. it. It's just I don't know how much of it is going to be possible. Right. Plus, I mean, I think once again, not to look too far ahead, but at the beginning of next season, regardless of how the playoffs shake out, I think if you're if you're the neutral fan, you look at the East and you look at the East table and you say, okay, you know, since he's gone. Pittsburgh got a second, and you know they still have Lily. They still have all their players, you know, because all of them are on ex- contract extensions. There's no reason for us to be worse next season unless something crazy happens. So I think if we finish this season second and carry on, you know, with building the club and building the team and building the squad, I think there's no reason why we shouldn't be favorites going into the next season. So I just I just want that extra kind of I don't Momentum. know. Yeah. yeah, like poster on the wall of no, we got second. We were better than Louisville last season, and I think that's going to be big. Yeah. I agree. Gentlemen, this is this is it. This is our last round of predictions for the regular season. Josh, six points are up for grabs. How many do the Hounds get this week? All six. No doubt. No doubt. Do we uh do we let in any goals or does Dan Lynn retain the uh, the golden glove? I mean can he retain the Golden Glove and let in goals? Is it possible? I don't really know what the math is right now. With I it. can't remember. I know he's leading in the shutout this week helped him, um, but I don't know how okay. far that if if he if he keeps two clean sheets, then he can't go up at all, and the other guys can't catch him. Well, yeah, yeah. I I just don't. I I'm confident in six points, but I'm not confident in clean sheets in both of those games. That's all. That's fair. If if you had to give up goals in one of them, which one do you think it's going to be? Um, New York can be one of those weird ones. That's the thing. I yeah. just don't know. Like New York, they score. They have a way of playing that is kind of attack focus. So if we're gonna give up goals, it's gonna be against New York. I mean, they have. I'm looking at their previous games. There's so many in here. They're like four goals, four goals, two goals. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Six goals. Holy crap! I forgot about that game against Atlanta <laughs> where they beat them six one. Woof. Yeah. Cav, how many points are we getting this week? I agree. I think we get six. Um, I, th- I think Atlanta will be more straightforward than New York, but uh, and yeah, I, I agree with Josh. I think w- I think we'll get a shutout against Atlanta. I feel pretty comfortable about that. Um, and yeah, I think I think New York maybe scores a goal on us, um, but I think we get six in, in across the two games. I will agree. I'll say six points. Um, and I agree with everything you guys said. I think that New York is going to be the one that we're going to have to watch um, for no other reason than it feels like New York has more to play for. And at the end of the day, like when you're digging deep and you're looking for something, that's what you're looking for. New York playing Penn midweek, you know, they could set themselves up nicely. They could get a little bump. 
um, you know, maybe climb a spot in the standings based on a win or something like that, and maybe be trying to push even higher. I mean, at that point, they could get as high as fifth with a with a win against us, and so I'm sure they would love to get that and have the the prospect of potentially having um, you know a home playoff game at some point, depending on how everything else shakes out. So uh, so yeah, I think I think that uh, the Red Bulls are the ones to watch out for this weekend. Plus, if if we finish these two games unbeaten. If you ignore our loss against Cincy uh, fairly recently, you'll have to go back to... I, this is like the third time in this podcast I'm doing this, so I apologize. But you, you would have to go back to um, the end of July since we last lost. And so going into the playoffs and saying, look, guys, barring one game, we haven't lost a game since July. I mean, that's, that's pretty that's encouraging. So I think that's just another reason why these last two games are important to push hard. Agree 100%. Guys, this is this is it. This is the last show before we do a playoff show. I guess the one thing that I will tease is that um, we're talking about doing something special for the for the Hounds home playoff game. Um, it'll be the hundredth game at Highmark, so uh, we're still working out the details. But uh, you know, stay tuned. I'm sure we'll probably talk about it maybe next week. Um, but gonna do something fun and uh, and hopefully something that everybody can get involved with and be a part of and uh, and really sort of make some memories with. Um, yeah guys i guess anything else for our last regular season show of 2018 it's been a hell of a season it's been a hell of a season that is for sure i mean no one saw this coming i don't think any of us had the idea that we could be fighting for second place in the east uh even after hearing about bob and uh you know how great of coach he is knowing his history you you look at what he did in Rochester, and you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, that, that's cool. He he's never missed the playoffs. Well, we could, this could be a season where we make the playoffs. But if you would have told me like, oh yeah, you're gonna be, you know, not like you said, not lost a game since July and uh, fighting fighting for second place, that that's just crazy. Yeah, it is a great time to be a Hounds fan. That is for certain. <sighs> All right. Well, I guess let's let's like here wrap it up <laughs> thanks to our sponsor roughneck scarves official scarf supplier to mls usl and us soccer get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com if you're looking for more great usl news head over to uslnews.com check out all articles and podcasts that are there and part of the bgn family you can follow us on twitter at mongols and at womongols emails at womong or <laughs> emails at mongols at bgn.fm uh rumor has it it's laura ellen's birthday today so happy birthday laura ellen happy birthday um, head over to itunes subscribe to the show leave us a review otherwise let us know what you thought about this one we will see you in the postseason thanks everybody we'll talk to you very very soon cheers later <laughs>